0: Okay, before I get to my next guest, Chip Beck, I want to give a shout out to a few of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Squares Golf. Are you like me, always considering new golf equipment, maybe a new driver? I'll tell you what, let me reset your thinking because I discovered Squares Golf Shoes. The patented square toe provides balance, stability, and a wider base for increased connection to the ground, effectively increasing your swing speed by 2.2 miles per hour, an average of 9 yards of distance. Independent tests prove it. That's right. It's proven in science. Go to squares.com. That's S-Q-A-I-R-Z.com and get Squares 30-day money back guarantee. Use promo code DISTANCE for $20 off. Remember, distance comes from swing speed, and swing speed comes from your connection to the ground. And folks, I wouldn't tell you about it if I didn't experience it for myself. I've never felt more stable in my golf swing, which allows me to swing faster and launch it further squares the distance golf shoe i also want to give a shout out to another new sponsor bionic gloves do what you do better with bionic gloves whether you're looking to own the golf greens improve your workouts or get your hands dirty in the garden bionic gloves has you covered designed with a hand specialist bionic gloves feature patented innovations that help improve your grip the strategically placed anatomical relief pads also prevent calluses and blisters while the web and motion zones allow for greater dexterity and flexibility. Head over to BionicLoves.com to find the perfect love to up your game. And I want to remind you about our friends over at Zexio. In 2001, Zexio Strixon began making clubs for men and women, and they've improved on those clubs every year since. Every part of Zexio clubs are made exclusively for Zexio. Everything is light and balanced. Swing weights are made to give us the highest smash factors. And the best part of getting fit for Zexio Clubs is hitting it higher and straighter than ever before. Changing your game. Zexio Clubs are a Golf Digest Hot List Gold winner for 2021. Congratulations to Zexio Ambassador M.B. Park for her five-stroke victory earlier this year at the Kia Classic. It was her 21st victory and she did so using Zexio 11 woods and 10 irons. See how Zexio can help your game as well. Go online to zexiousa.com and pick which set is right for you. Okay, now next on the tee with me is four-time winner on tour, Chip Beck. Chip is from Fayetteville, North Carolina. He played his college golf at the University of Georgia, where he lettered all four years from 1975 to 1978. He was a three-time All-American. He was named first-team All-American in 1977 and 78, and he was team captain his last three seasons. He helped lead Georgia to two SEC championships. His 66th and the 1978 Dixie Tournament still ranks as one of the best rounds in Georgia golf history, as does his season average of 71.61 in the 1977-78 season. His 27 top 10 finishes are still number one all-time in Bulldog history. He averaged eight top 10s for three straight seasons from 1975 to 78. He won back-to-back Carolina Amateur Championships. He won five times while he was at Georgia, including the Southern Intercollegiate Tournament three times and the All-American Tournament plus that 78 Dixie Tournament. He won four times on the PGA Tour at the 1988 LA Open and a couple of months later at the USF&G Classic by a whopping seven strokes over Lanny Watkins. He also won the 1990 Buick Open and the 1992 Freeport Golf Classic. Chip famously shot 59 in the third round of the Las Vegas Invitational in 1991, becoming at the time only the second player to ever do it. He finished runner-up at the U.S. Open in 1986 and 1989 and in the 1993 Masters. He was a member of three Ryder Cup teams. In 2009, he was inducted into the Illinois Golf Hall of Fame, and I'm very honored to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Chip, thanks for coming back on the show.
1: I love your show. I'm so excited, man. You do your homework. I can't believe it. You know, one of the one of the things that came to my listening to Tom Patrick, one of the interesting things is I remember 1983, the last toll of the Memphis Classic at the old Colonial Country Club. And I remember we all hit our second shots up there in the fairway. Like Fuzzy Zeller, Larry Mize, and I had three last shots. We were the last group in the tournament, and a rain delay was called. I went to the clubhouse the first time I, it's like almost being in a playoff and I was nervous and anxious. And I got back to my ball out in the fairway and I thought, man, I don't know how to stop this thing from flying. It was so wet. The grass looked like it had grown an inch in the, in the rain delay. And I knew it was just going to shoot off that grass and I tried to control it, but I hit it off the back of the green and uh, Larry Mize hit it way right about 45 feet from the cup, and Fuzzy hit it 10 feet. I said, man, this is Fuzzy's, tur- Fuzzy's tournament. But believe it or not, I, I chipped it down there and made my par, and Larry made this 45-footer and Fuzzy missed, so he beat us by a shot. But it was, like, so disappointing wow. because I did not know how to stop a- the ball from shooting and flying off that fairway, that wet grass. Isn't that incredible? So I had to learn to do that through (laughs) my career. And that's the thing you learn from your mistakes when you play professional golf. All the mistakes you make, they make you a better player. I remember when I first went on tour, I couldn't hit the ball low. Growing up in North Carolina, we didn't play in any wind. We might play 20-mile-an-hour winds in March or something, but we didn't really play in a lot of wind. Well, heck, I went to Phoenix. It was blowing 35 miles an hour. I went to Dallas. It was blowing 50 miles an hour. I mean, it was blowing so hard. And we, we'd go to Phoenix and there would be four golf courses, 150 players for one spot for each course. I mean, you had to really play some golf just to get in the tournament. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't qualify until July of that year. I was, I, I didn't know how to play in the wind whatsoever. But over time, I learned to play in the wind. And you know, it's really funny because when you use a weak grip and you're trying to hit knockdown shots, the ball always curves, and uh, it's rare that you can hit it 200 yards like a bullet with it with a weak grip. The ball will always curve. It's just it's impossible to do it any other way. So I really had to learn the hard way, and uh, I'm glad I did because at least I understand how to play now.
0: <laughs> hey, one of the things TP talks about all the time on the show is Doctor Trial and Mister Air. Is that how you learned how to play all of those different things, how you learned to play in damp conditions, how you learned to play in the wind, or did you seek somebody out that was from that area or played in those kind of conditions frequently and say, hey,
1: how do I do that? Well, I'm leaving Atlanta Classic like 1979, and I'm on the 71st hole. I'm, you know, we're playing Atlanta Country Club, and the higher you hit it, the better you play because you need to land the ball softly. Well, a 5 o'clock storm came through and the wind was kicking up 25 to 30 miles an hour. I drove it right down the middle on the 71st hole. I'm dead into the wind. and So the next hole is straight downwind. I said, man, if I can hit this ball in the middle of that green, I'm going to knock it on the green with a 6-iron on 18, and I'm a birdie to win by one shot over Calvin Peake who had just shot 61. So I said, wow. well, I'm I'm only like a hundred and fifty five sixty yards or something like that. So well, I'm gonna take two clubs more, and I'm gonna crash it right in the middle of that green. I'm gonna crank it. And I'll never forget it. I hit it so good. I hit my line, and that ball hit. It rose higher and higher, and it came up short of the bunker. I make double bogey. And sure enough, I'd go to the next hole. I'd knock the driver's six iron on the green, make birdie, and lose the shot. Lose the tournament by shot. I'm thinking, man, I just didn't know how to do it. And I asked Jim Colbert. I said, Jim, you played right behind me. You were the last group. I said, how did you hit that shot? He said, Chip, I got a little closer to it. I got right up on top of it, put the ball right on my sternum, and I just punched it right up underneath the wind, and he knocked it right in the middle of the green. I, I I said, you need to show me how to do that. And, uh, see back then, Jim was probably in his forties. He would show me. And that was the beauty of the tour back then. I was playing in my twenties. I was probably 21 years old at the time. I'm playing with guys in their forties, 45 years old. And, uh, boy, I learned a lot from them, but that, that's how you learn. It's on the job training, man. And I'll tell you what, it's painful too, cause I played so good that week. <laughs> so I still no doubt. It. But if I could pop down and hit it in the middle of that green, as I learned to do, you know, it it would have been a lot easier. I remember, it's really funny you talk about that. I remember I was leaving San Diego. I'm on the 18th fairway. I drove it right in the middle of the fairway. And I've got about 220 yards, 25 yards to the flag over that creek, Devlin Creek, or whatever, Devlin Lake. Bruce Devlin hit it in that lake a couple of times. They named it after him. And, I, I, you know, I didn't know what to do. I'm on the down slope. I tried to take a free wood or an iron and cut it out of there, catch part of the right side of the green. I hit it in the bunker. Didn't get it up and down. I missed. I lost the tournament by shot. I get in, and J.C. Snead says, Chip, what the heck are you doing? Why don't you just take that free wood and cut it all the way across the green? I said, J.C., I never even thought about doing something like that. I, I didn't know I had a <laughs> shot like that, mine I never would have tried it. He said, yeah, just cut it across there. Cut it 25 yards. At least you'll get it on the green. So you know you learn a lot from guys when I was growing up because they teach you. They'd say, "Man, Chip, that you you need to improve this," or or they'll say, "You're the worst." Like Chichi said, "Chip, you're the worst wedge player I've ever seen. Get away, son. Put it back in your stance and (laughs) knock it down." He said, "At least get it on the green." So I, you, some things like that you just don't forget. I remember it's kind of funny, you know. Like I remember Sam Snead. The first time I played with him was the Quad Cities Open, 1979. I hit my tee ball, and he comes up because it was kind of below the tee, and he says, he cussed at me. He said, damn it, son, keep the ball in your stand. I said, Mr. Sneed, what do you mean? He said, we can't play from up there. How you going to play when that ball outside your stand? And he shot his age that week. So, I mean, <laughs> wow. that's pretty impressive. Go look him up. I mean, that you learn a lot from those old-timers, man. I, I, I love that when I played. It was the best time in, in, in life because I played with all my legends friend you know chip we'll
0: get more into kiowa island in the 1991 Ryder cup matches here in a minute but i want to start by getting your thoughts on what you saw from phil at the pga championship
1: well you know what he's really clearly one of the great players in the last 40 years easily if not the history of the game when you think about you know 45 wins six majors that is really impressive. There just aren't many people that can do that, especially during the Tiger Woods era. He would have been the number one player in the world for 15 years if Tiger hadn't been around. And and the thing that's so amazing about him, at 50 years old, I remember Raymond Floyd playing the Ryder Cup at 50 years old. And, man, it was hard for him to play 36 whole matches one after the other. So he sat out on a couple of matches just to make sure he had enough energy and strength. And he was a tough competitor. Old Raymond was, and I loved Raymond because of that, because he wasn't afraid of the devil, and he wasn't afraid to give it everything he's got. And I, I still remember him, and the excitement he got from playing golf at fifty years old. I, I loved him, and uh, it it brought back a lot of memories because. I was sitting next to Raymond Floyd in 1989 and we uh, we're playing the Belfry in the Ryder Cup and, you know, we're trying to get the cup back from the Europeans. And our players are so long compared to the European team. And so, for instance, Curtis and myself, we were just average length, kind of like what the European players were. And we'd have it 280, 285 into the wind to the dogleg right at the bunker and we'd hit two out on the green. Well, Fred Couples hit nine iron. Payne Stewart cut the corner. Mark Calcoveki hit the corner. All our long hitters cut corners, but the wind was circling back and knocking the ball down. So I remember Raymond saying, You know, boys, it's my fault. I should have known that ball was getting knocked down by the wind. We should have taken our three woods out, just play it straight towards the bunker, and hit a you know, a five iron on the green. And he said, if I'd have been thinking, we'd have won this thing going away. But when Curtis hit that ball on that green to where we were not going to lose that match, you know, hit a two iron, Raymond's eyes got so big, I thought, man, this is the most exciting thing I've ever seen. And Raymond, when I was 10 years old, came to Fayetteville, North Carolina, and that's what made me fall in love with the game. I followed him. He brought Jack Nicklaus in. I mean, imagine this, 1960. Seven, Jack Nicklaus had won seven times. Raymond had been won the PGA at the time, but you know, 1963. But but Nicklaus had won seven majors, and he wasn't in the PGA. Five years of service for the PGA of America. Well, he came to Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I remember just about every shot they hit on that golf course, Cypress Lakes, raised dad owned part of it, LB. And man, I just Raymond gave me 30 brand new Wilson F golf balls. Man, I prized those golf balls, and then I. <laughs> he gave they both gave their signatures. I kept it on my bulletin board above my bed. I looked at it every night. I I just love those guys. And then to actually have him as my captain, I was in heaven. And I'll never forget it. He came in, he said, Zinger and Beck, you guys have worked your way on this team. You've earned it. Play hard. We're putting you in. We're counting on you. And I tell you what, I knew right then and there we were gonna be tough to beat. Because you know what? He understood teamwork and you understood you're only as strong as your weakest link and uh, we were the rookies and uh, man I I just I I could kiss Raymond Floyd if I saw him right now I love the man (laughs) fantastic
0: one of the things I want to get your your perspective on Chip as I was doing some of the research looking back at that 91 team and 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 that course I, I read a golf digest article that was talking about the course and and those matches, and Peter Costas is quoted as saying, at the time, the opinion was you could never hold a medal play tournament there, talking about Kiowa, because you could never finish. And Roger Maltby said, I remember everyone asking, why are we going there? And then once we got there, everyone think, why are we here? And then one columnist wrote, y- you wonder why in the world the PGA of America would take the Ryder Cup to an unfinished golf course in a mosquito-infested swampland Designed by an architect of players universally despised. Are all those accurate depictions of what you guys
1: thought heading into that? Well, I, you know what? I thought it was the hardest golf course I'd ever played. Especially because it, it, they raised the golf course. So you could see, you know, the wind, you could, the wind really had an effect. They raised it like four feet, the whole back nine. If not the whole golf course. And so the wind was, I, I've never played a golf course, I don't think before or since, where on like 17, if you cut it a foot, it would go 30 yards. The wind was just so dense. I don't, it had so much moisture in it. I couldn't understand it. But Cal couldn't finish because he never hit a draw in his life and the ball just moves left, and right so much. I don't know how in the world. Uh, I mean, One of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life was when Hale Irwin, I'll never never forget Dave Stockton said the night before the last round, the last statement, he said, and Hale, we want you to bring the ship home. And Hale said, I would consider it an honor. And you won't believe this, but back then this was all before all the equipment. Hale was in his 40s. And uh, every guy, even I could outdrive Hale like 30, 40 yards. Most guys could outdrive him because he wasn't a real long hitter. And, you know, if you look at Bernard Langer, he hit, uh, five iron in, a four iron in on the last hole. Hale Irwin hit three wood in on the last hole. But the last five holes work against every weakness that Hale Irwin has in his game, in my opinion, because I don't know what I could have done if I couldn't close the face and hit a hook. That golf course was so hard and that guy was the toughest competitor I've ever seen, and I, I've loved him ever since. Every time I see him, I said, Hell, you're still my American hero. You're the greatest player <laughs> of all time, man. Your, your tenacity and your, your gut is greater than anybody that's played the game, I said, because you know what? To hold that team together to the final putt was a miracle for a guy that hit it like Hale Irwin did at the time. Because, you you know, he was known as a real straight hitter, and he played tough golf His golf course was really hard, you know. But still, when when a guy's out driving you 40 yards like Langer could, it's a tough match. And he took him to the finals. So, I mean, Hill Irwin, and he deserves everything you get. That, that guy is one of the great players of all time. I love the guy.
0: And, Chip, like you mentioned, you and Paul Azinger, you guys get paired together. And the Friday matches, both both matches, early and late in the afternoon, and you are going up against Sevy and Jose Maria. And Sevy and Paul weren't the best He'll of get... friends after that 89 Ryder Cup, and I imagine it didn't get any better after 91.
1: Talk about what was the yeah, gamesmanship like and what was that, the atmosphere like? <laughs> well, it was so competitive, I'll never forget it, because Sevy he- had like a cough going. And <laughs> literally and truly, I get on the, the uh, the ninth hole, it's a dog leg right to left, and I get right to the top of my swing. And Sevy goes, <clears <throat> he clears his throat. And I, I remember I was so focused in on hitting a nice low curve of green because it was a very tough hole. And I eased up, and Zinger's walking off. He kept doing me to say something. I said, Zinger, act like nothing happened. I said, it, it definitely slowed me up. But it's okay. I'm in play. We're, I hit the ball good. We're all, we're all right. We can still manage it. But if he keeps going, let's do something about it because that's ridiculous because he can clear that throat at the perfect time. And, man, he did it a couple other times. And the next day, what was really cool about it, Raymond Floyd, we, we were talking about the team meeting. Well, the next day, Stevie on the first tee clears his throat right on top of the swing of the player. And Raymond runs up to Teby. Teddy, we're not playing like this. That's not if you do that, you're gonna to have to face me. This is not gonna be pretty. And uh man, Sevy didn't do it for the rest of the day. <laughs> so it was really kind of it was a dogfight. But you know what? What I loved about Sevy and what I loved about these guys, they gave you everything they had. It was like Nick Faldo. Nick Faldo didn't care who you were. Or what you look like, he would give you the time of day. And I loved it because you know what? He was a tough competitor. He was a fair competitor and he gave it everything he's got. And you know what? Those are the best matches that I can remember. And I remember Zinger saying, Hey, hey, uh, Faldo, get away from my partner. Leave, leave, leave his line. Leave him. Get away from him. He said, Well, I'm just looking at it. <laughs> so they, you know, <laughs> Zinger after 87 when Faldo beat him. He'd feeling like Faldo, you know, so it's funny. They had a they had a a a wholesome like rivalry. It was just a great time in golf. It was one of the great times of my life. I loved it so much. And Kenwa being close to Fayetteville, North Carolina, all my family was there. So my dad, all my brothers and sisters were there. I we loved it, We had a great time.
0: Chip, you finished second at the nineteen eighty nine Players Championship. I actually slept on the third round lead with Guys like Tom Kite was one back, Couples and Crenshaw two back, and and Jack Nicholas at fifty nine years old was still only four shots back on that at that tournament as well. What was it like being a part of that event and that leaderboard?
1: And I remember I was a little bit nervous, you know. And that first fairway is pretty tight, and I hung it to the right in the right rough, which is probably, if you're nervous, that's where you should be. The hole at least opens up a little bit. But man, everything I did that day, I was just, I was just uptight, and I shot like 43, and I was actually, I, I felt like crying. I, I felt so terrible throwing this, the lead away and throwing my tournament away. And I remember looking at my wife at the time, and I thought, man, I, I, I literally felt. I remember tears in my eyes going down mine, you know, being out of it and all. And I, I said to myself at the turn, I said, Well, this is the time that I need to actually just buckle down and pretend that, okay, everything went well and I'm a I'm a I'm a hang in there and I'm gonna give this hole everything it's got, you know, and uh I'm gonna this hole, see if I can get off to a good start. Sure enough, I had about a ten footer on ten and I just said, Man, I need to I need to roll this thing in, I need to really start feeling this putt going in. And uh, I rolled it right in. Oh, man, it was like a complete relief that I finally did something in the proper vein. And it went well. So anyways, I shot 32 on that back nine. I actually even, there was the putt on 17. I hit it in there close, about 10 feet. And I I just misplayed it, didn't make it. And then on 18, I hit it like 25 feet. Tom Kite was on the front of the green. I mean, it's not a, not a difficult two putt, but you can definitely three putt because it's like up three tiers. Well, I made that putt. Tom rolled it up there. He still had to make about a 10 footer and I made that 30 footer for birdie, and Tom made his putt to beat me a shot. But I'll tell you what, that was a good comeback, but it was so disappointing. And yet I, uh, I always wanted to win that tournament because it was my favorite course of Pete thighs because it really differentiated between talent and there was, there were just so many interesting holes there. And from, from day one, you know, we tried to improve the golf course. When we got there initially, you'd have putts for 10 feet. That would would break three different ways. (laughs) And people, the pros just can't stand, you know, triple breakers. Double breakers are great, but triple breakers will drive everybody crazy. So Pete and I (laughs) had to come in there and redo those greens and, get rid of all the triple breakers, you know, because the thing that made Augusta great was the fact that if you looked at the apex of the green and you had a slope, you know, that was going to the hole, you could see the, the apex, you could see your ball going up to the top and rolling straight down into the cup, kind of like Tiger's tip for the back of 16. You can visualize it, see it. And man, that's what makes golf really exciting. But, when the, when a ball is moving, it looks like it's going in, and it moves the third time. Nobody's that good. So I got drilled <laughs> for many years. The players and Nicholas and all every every tour player that knew anything about golf was there trying to make that a better golf course, and uh it became I think one of the best TPCs, but for sure that we have. I, I think it's a great course now. So yeah, that was a good feather of my cap, but I wish I could have won that. You know, I, I, I think I, the the problem that you find out as you play golf, and you play it for a career, sometimes you, my, I didn't feel like I choked, but what I did was I, I got too careful and tried too hard, and that's as big a choke as anything else in the world. That was the thing that was so amazing about John Daly. You know, he won the. uh the the uh, the British Open at St. Andrews, and he said, Chip, my, my driver cracked on the night hole. I was hooking it 50 yards. So I went to 10. I hooked it 50 yards on the green. The more I hooked it, I, he said, I just left it in. Because he, he figured, you know, if it hooks 50 yards, at least it's not going right. And the more you hook it there, the better shape you're in. So sure enough, he, he won that tournament with a cracked driver. I mean, can you imagine? Wow. I would have been freaking out. No. But that's that's been He was a funny guy because I say, John, great tournament there. You know, he, he played the shark shootout and he I think he won it. And uh, he said, Chip, I was hitting it so good, I went right to the bar, got him a shot I got a shot of Jack Daniels, drove the first green and never looked back. I said, Man, John, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I wish I had more of that in me, you know. I didn't have any of that. <laughs> But I, I, you know, that was just an amazing, uh, the ability to just let it go and turn it loose. Incredible. That's just, that's a, that's a gift, you know? Yeah. So anyway. I have one more before Salt I let you good, go. Man. Yeah, it is. Let's talk on the upside.
0: After finishing second seven times, you, you break through for your first win at the LA Open in 88. You win by four strokes. And I, I just, curious, after all those close calls, what was it like for you to walk up 18, knowing you had a big lead and you were going
1: to get your first win? You know, the week before was probably the worst day in the worst time of my life. I was staying with a good friend of mine named Lenny, Lenny Clement from San Diego. And I literally, I knew my marriage wasn't going to work out. I, I, I had two children and I just knew it was a, a tough situation. And, and I, I thought to myself, you know, the only thing I can do this week to keep my sanity is to think one good thing after each shot and not worry. And that was my goal. I didn't care what happened. And you know, we had rain delays. I went into the, to the tents and started putting with all the kids. Time to go. Let's go. I said, the hell with it. I don't care what happened. Cause when you're down like that, sometimes. You're at your best. It's hard to even imagine, but I, I just, I, I got so sick and tired. I bogeyed eight and Jay Haas was catching up and I thought, you know what? I'm sick and tired. of These guys always catching me and beating me. I said, there is not a way that I'm going to give this tournament up. And I remember I was on the ninth green and I hit a shot that came back on the second tier and I had to put up to the third tier. And I said, that I'm going to make this putt. I don't care what happens. I'm going to make this putt, and I'm not going to look back. I made that putt. And then I went to the 10th hole, and I said, I'm going to drive it right on the front of that green. The green's right. The the flag is right on the front. I'm going to take my driver. I'm going to put it right on that green. I drove it 10 feet short, chipped up, made my birdie. And then the next hole, I said, the heck with it, man. I'm going to knock this wedge in the cup. And I remember it hit. It came back and ended up about two feet from the cup. I tapped that in, and I said, you know, this is it, boys. But that was different. That was a different psychology. I was always playing afraid, always playing. You know, the game was so different because we'd come out of college completely demoralized about our game. I had so many friends quit. One of my best friends quit, Robert Donald. And it even took took Curtis Strange like four years to get out there. And, I mean, even when he's winning the U.S. Open, I mean, it was hard on him. And it just about killed him trying to win two U.S. Opens, and the kids today do it with ease because he didn't have the pressure of actually getting out there on tour. So I remember, like, in uh, when Tiger Woods was 16, he's coming up the 18th hole at the L.A. Open. And I remember J.C. standing up there and a lot of these old-timers, let's see what this young kid can do now. And I said, gosh, it's amazing. This kid is 16. He's playing in a professional event. Think about how good that is. He missed a cut, but I, I was so amazed that Tiger Woods was, was that good at 16. And, and, uh, but the thing that was so amazing was the guys back then were let's bring him on, let's see how good he is. Cause see, back then, you had to qualify to get on it. And there were so guys, there were so many guys that could qualify. They, 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 they just, uh, cut their teeth on qualifying. It was, if it's 150 guys for one spot, no problem, man. You had to shoot 63 to get in the tournament. They knew it. They get it. But uh you learn a lot when uh you're not afraid of a whole lot when you're qualifying to get in event. So I remember, like, for yeah. me, it was like playing in tournaments. I'd have to qualify, and then I'd have to play to, to the Friday cut, you know. And Friday was the first day I'd take a break, get a breather, have a nice dinner, relax, not work out. And then I had to really play well so that I wouldn't have to qualify on Monday. And, uh, man, it was, uh, it was a grind, but it made you a lot tougher. But it also, I think it it hurt us a lot because we'd lose our confidence and we'd have to build it, build ourselves back up. And, uh, I felt fortunate that I was able to do that. And I think a lot of that's why I finished, you know, I had like 20 some odd set grace and that freedom and that that goodness that allows you to just play with that, that effortless ease, you know. So it's a whole different ballgame. It's the same on the Champions tour today, guys that are exempt for 20 years and the guys that are qualifying. You know, the, the guys can win 50 times because they don't have anybody competing against because everybody's qualifying. So it's a pretty easy game, you know. So anyway, yeah. it's just fascinating. Golf is Golf is like that psychologically, you know. Chip, before I let you go, remind our listeners
0: how can they stay up to date with all the things you're doing, whether' they're going online or it's on social media
1: Well, you know what I've actually been working with this company called Perfect Motion, and the most amazing thing about it you don't have to take you don't have to send any videos you can take swings just put you, you just put your phone on the ground it it takes swings of you, and I can know everything about your golf swing and <laughs> you don't have to worry about sending it because once you take your swing, if I'm your coach, I get it immediately. And it's a, it's the most amazing technology. And I know that here it's slow getting, slow getting off the ground right now. And, uh, but I, I do think that we're starting to see some inroads into the, the teaching world and we're getting a lot of usage globally. And I think once it gets into Asia, it's going to be, you know, Katie bar the door because it's going to be wide open. But yeah, you can uh, you can keep up with me through uh, chipx59.com. That's as easy as anything. <laughs> well, Chip, it's always so much sense? fun when you're a part of the show. I hope you'll come come back soon and do it again. Yeah, you guys let me talk. I like I like being able to talk. You know because it's a uh, you know I, I'm reminiscing a lot now. You know I'm, I'm turning 65 in September. And I'll be on Medicare. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm having a good time in my life. And, uh, that's all I can tell you. I'm having a great time. So, and I'm glad I'm still playing you, my too. Friend. I've, I've really enjoyed it. So enjoy. Well, I, I look forward for me. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to next time already. I hope that comes, that comes around real soon. Call me anytime. I appreciate you, Chip. Take care. All the best to you and your family, my friend. Yeah, good luck with your show. I love your show. Be good now. Thank you, Chip. Take bye- care. Bye-bye. Thank you. That's a
0: great tip back. Boy, I tell you what, I could sit back and listen to him tell stories all night long. The, the experiences he's had, the tournaments he's been involved with, the players that he's been around, all the great uh, champions of the past. Holy smokes. I just love Chip, and
1: uh, the enthusiasm in his voice is uh, so contagious. Look forward to having him back on the show again soon.